and welcome to here's Johnny's Reviews, the review review podcast that will try to guide you through a movie. Each and every month there's a theme, and we are bang in the middle of the summer of Spidey, which is my look at the Spider-Man movies. And here we have it, coming out two short years after the Amazing Spider-Man, is Amazing Spider-Man 2. God, that's a great bloody title there. Mm. Anyway, here is what I wrote about it when I walked out of the cinema. Quote, just saw the not-so-amazing Spider-Man. Okay, first up, I will say the movie looks just like the Xbox 360 game based off the Amazing Spider-Man 1. Now, on to my first gripe about this boring-ass love story between Peter and Gwen. It felt like a bad teen melodrama. Also, how many times can Spider-Man take off his shirt? You get it, Garfield, you have a strong female following. But come on, pandering much? Then there's the three weak-ass villains, Electro, Green Goblin and Rhino, who's only on this thing for five fucking minutes. Goblin is nothing but a spoiled rich brat punk. And the second t-shirt on his little glider, I burst out laughing. Then there's Electro, what a complete waste he is, a loner who becomes obsessed with Spider-Man and then fame. He gets powers and becomes evil because of course they do. On to the fights themselves, they are boring, bland, bad CGI. Next, I didn't like Spidey and this is a total fucking douchebag. I did have a laugh at one or two points. So, also that goblin suit is just re-fucking-diculous and is comedy gold. So I guess it's not all that bad. I'll give it 4 out of 10. Mmm, pretty mixed things there then. However, do I feel the same way 8 years later? Let us find out. With a budget of $200 million, this thing made $709 million. I'm guessing that's because it was fucking 3D or 4DX, what the hell it was. Hmm. Starring... Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Jimmy Fox, Dame DeHaan, Sabah Fields and Paul Giamatti. Directed by Mark Webb. Uh, the plot. It's two years after events of The Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man slash Peter Parker is settled into becoming New York's superhero. However, Peter is struggling with his love life after he promised Captain Stacy to keep Gwen away from Spider-Man. And, of course, the evil villains. Things go from bad to worse after Oscop owner Harry Osborn goes insane, turning himself into the Green Goblin and obsessed with Spider-Man. To talk about obsessed with Spider-Man, we have Max Dillon. He is... I don't know how he is, an uber geek who gets electric powers from electric eels becoming electro. Anyway, can Spider-Man save the city one more time? Let us find out. God, that was a terrible fucking plot. Somebody, Jesus, jinkies. <laughs> so after the Sony Columbia logos and Marvel Flappy pages, it opens up on a watch clog... Cogs, even. Clogs? Cogs. As we see Richard Parker, once again played by Campbell Scott, deleting files from his PC and killing off spiders and using gas. When was this actually happening? So, hmm. He then leaves the Oscorp lab carrying his briefcase, the same one Peter had in part one. Leaving a video message for Peter, he tells him his his story and he is sorry. Young Peter then calls from upstairs 
as we see the replay of Peter getting dropped off with Aunt May from part one. That makes no fucking sense, John, because of Rock Sauce, maybe he's fucking terrible. Cut to Richard and Mary Parker. She is once again played by Elsbeth Davids on a private plane flying out of the country and here they're attacked by an assassin not before Richard uploads the uh, Rose Roosevelt Roosevelt uh, file Roosevelt or whatever <laughs> in a struggle with the assassin Mary is shot and Richard shoots out the plane's windows but dies in a plane crash however he successfully uploads the files up Pops the new suit as Spider-Man slash Peter, once again put by Andrew Garfield, is free-falling to the city below. By the way, at that height, what the fuck does he stick on to? The clouds? As a CGI sp Spidey spins and flips, zooming around the city, and he's loving the tension from the people below. And my god, this CGI Spider-Man looks fucking cheap. Like, Xbox 360 cutscene cheap. Anyway. Cut to a car chase as meet Alexei Segowicz, I his name, aka Rhino, played by Paul Giamani. In the most obnoxious way ever, he screams his name to the camera. This is fucking desperate, Jesus. Spider-Man swings at action, first distracting Rhino by throwing quips and one else light, uh, one lens at him, left, right, centre. And I have got to say, I do not like this new suit. The eyes are well too big, and it just looks wrong on Garfield's body. Not only is in this fucking suit much, by the way, I think it's fucking completely CGI slash stuntman, so hmm. Cut to our introduction to Uber Geek, Max Dillon slash Electro, played by Jamie Foxx. He's a balding, come-over, thick-glass, wedding geeky type. You know, the ones that nobody's seen since the fucking 1989. Anyway, he's carrying blueprints for something as he has to be saved by Spider-Man as Rhino's truck plows through the streets of New York. Because this guy's so fucking stupid, he can't hear cop cars screaming in the background, or indeed the fucking sound of an 18-wheeler plowing through cars like a bloody hot knife through butter. Idiot. Spidey saves him, calling him, quote, his eyes and ears. Aaron tells him he is not a nobody, and BOOM! Max becomes obsessed with being Spider-Man's best friend. So with that, Spidey swings off to stop Rhino, Rhino's goons from stealing plutonium, which they want for reasons. I mean, that's just dropped. There's no explanation why the fuck they want this plutonium, but there we have that one. Spidey quickly webs up the goons and then has to juggle the plutonium vials as Rhino speeds through traffic, and this feels like a QTE nightmare gone wrong. Finally, he catches them all but one, which gets away as he swings out to stop it, getting hit, hit by a cop car on the way down. Oh my god. Cue the Spider-Man cartoon theme from the 70s, I think it was, or 80s, or the fuck knows when. As his mobile phone rings. Jesus Christ. I mean, what sort of phone does he have? Why, Sony. Because everything in this is a bloody Sony product. Placement, much crystal made. It's Gwen, once again, played by Emma Stone. He's late for his own high school graduation. Peter tells her he's stuck in traffic and will be there soon. And here is the start of Peter seeing the ghost of Captain Stacy. As he tells her he'll be there in about five minutes. By the way, this whole Captain Stacy thing is dropped. Just like that. I mean... 
It's up for what, maybe five or so scenes and it just dropped. I mean, Q, Gwen's vulture circling graduation speech written by Emma Stone herself. A word you can pretty much see Dev's hand on her shoulder talking about how she slash they may feel immortal but life doesn't last forever. Life is precious because it ends. Yeah, love, you're dead. You can see Death licking his quill, marking your name off the fucking list. As it's happening, Spider-Man is stopping Rhino from crashing into a bust. A bust? A bust, even. He's dodging bullets from Rhino's machine gun before equipping and then pulling down Rhino's tracksuit bottoms as he whips them up and just leaves them there humiliated. I mean, hmm. Gwen. Peter then swings in. Uh, the last minute to get his graduation paper and spots Stan Lee in the crowd because, yay, Stan Lee. Here, Aunt May, once again played by Stella Field, congratulates Peter, saying she wishes Uncle Ben was there and then snaps a picture of him in that ridiculous gown. I mean, hmm. But I've got to say here, Peter runs off to kiss Gwen and I see a no a chemistry between these two, even though they two dated at the time. And there is no chemistry, I guess I had to split up. I mean, hmm. She has a go at him for stopping Reno during the graduation. Then she tells him 8pm to be at a celebratory dinner. Now, Barbie, Garfield is 31 here, playing 18, looking every inch of 31. Jesus, jinkies. Moving the fuck on, because I don't give a shit. Uh, Peter sees Captain Stacy's ghost yet again. And then replays his death scene as he warns him off Gwen. Cut to the diner. Or dinner, rather. As Peter shows up late and splits up for Gwen yet again. Now, I thought to split up in part one, but I guess that's Teenage Romance for you. I guess this is on again, off again, on again, off like a fucking light switch, because apparently she's had enough of that shit and dumps his ass. Peter then tries to cheerfully dump Gwen, mumbling and stuttering as he does so. She tells him she loves he is Spider-Man, but she loves Peter more. And tearf tearfully says she can't lose him as I throw up because this is just fucking melodramatic shite. This teen melodramatic crap belongs on, insert teen soaps here, because I don't give a fuck. Not a superhero movie, she dumps his ass. As a panel, this is now the third or fourth time he's dumped her. Who gives a fuck? Cut, 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 to Spider-Man free-falling off a skyscraper as radio reports that more and more people are loving Spider-Man and getting saved by Spider-Man. This sparks off a debate if New York needs a superhero. Cue Spider-Man saving a young boy from bullies, fixing his show-and-tell project with his webbing as he does so. As radio talk show host slams Spider-Man for all the damage he has caused as all the supervillains are crawling out of work. And the fact that New York puts the park looks fucking dumber a bag of rocks. Cut to a montage of Peter changing into multiple Spider-Man suits. Supposedly all the Spider-Man suits including Miles Morales sees one. As horny women calling saying they love to see under the mask. Keep it in your pants girls, he's 18 you fucking cougars. Also, here we see Garfield's body at least four fucking times, and we get it. This is for the teen girls slash horny gays, but come on, fucking pandering much? 
months later. Spidey is now creepily stalking Gwen as she walks around the city. Peter is just creepy as fuck in this. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter is sick, so Aunt May is worried, telling him just to get over her and leave her alone, sort of thing. And then she tries to break into his room, so Kyush but joke because he can't get the Spider-Man suit off. She tries to open the door. He says he's naked under the covers. She then sheepishly leaves, and who the fuck thought this bit was funny? Just cut this to fuck. I don't give a rat's ass. Anyway, cut to Maxie's house, and here we see he's a big into electronics and Spider-Man as he has dozens of magazine and picture clippings all over every surface on his fucking house. He is unhinged talking to himself as Spider-Man. It's his birthday. He, as Spider-Man has bought himself a cake. The fuck is going on here? What annoys me a bit most about this bit is the stupid silly little music played underneath this, making a joke out of mental health. Fuck whoever wrote this. And note, there's a cutscene where Maxie's mother talks to down to him like he's absolute shit, calling him a stupid dummy. And even forgets it's his birthday. She then demands to be given his her oxygen tank as she smokes a cigarette because mm. anyway, back to Aunt May. She's on the phone with her boss, telling him she starts nursing school soon. Um, hold on a sec here. She already is a nurse, was she not, in the first movie? Also, not to be rude here, but Sagafield is 68. Isn't she too old for nursing school? I mean, she's been in her 70s when she fucking graduates, so, hmm. Anyway, cut to Max at work at Oscorp. Max is late, so his boss snipes at him. Something about power plant designs... He designed an Oscorp store off him, and blah, 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 blah. The boss quips, yeah, mate, you designed a multi-billion dollar power plant for the entire city. And that's why the man. So Max, in his head, snaps, threatening to kill the boss. But in real life, he just stands there, slack-jawed, looking into mid-space. Okay, then. Meanwhile, in an elevator, wouldn't you know who still works there? Why, Gwen, as she rides up with Max, he rants and raves about how Spider-Man saved his ass and did closest, bestest of friends. Ooh, okay, love, run. Maybe Owen, I don't know, call Peter and tell him about this fucking nut job. Anyway, across town we meet Harry Osborne, played by Dame DeHaan. He's playing Harry as an emo. Mm -hmm. He's taken by his father's aid to see... A dying Norman Osborn in almost complete and utter darkness. Norman is dying of some unnamed disease. He rips into Harry saying he had all the genius level brains, money, looks and everything handed to him on a platter but he has no drive. He's something but a loser and a waste of talent. He then takes great delight in telling Harry he has the same disease he will and he will feel the side effects soon. What a complete and utter kid this guy is. He then hands some sort of memory cube over with his life's work on it telling Harry maybe he'll find a cure before it's too late for himself. Days later the news reports Norman has died as Peter sees that Harry is now in charge of Oscorp. Speaking of Oscorp, in the offices they mourn Norman's passing. 
Gwen gets a phone call from Oxford University in England saying she's been allowed in. Meanwhile, in the basement, Maxie's day goes from bad to worse as he falls into a vat of genetically altered electric eels and becomes electro, complete with new buff body, and he loses all his geekness and has electric powers. Also, a god complex out of no blood nowhere. It is that fucking dumb, and in the cinema, I almost walked bloody out. He gets electric powers from electric eels. I'm finished! Next day, Harry tells the Oscott board they're all fired and he's in charge. He then hits on Norman's secretary, Felicia Hardy, played by Felicity Jones, aka Black Cat, setting things up for later on. Movie that never bloody will happen, so it's fucking pointless there. And boom! They're in love! He puts her in charge as a general manager. She's about, what, 22 or something for crying out loud? I mean, hmm. Peter comes to visit Harry because, but you know what? They're friends. When was this exactly? Harry was dropped off at boarding school at 11. Peter went to a public school, but moving the fuck on. Somehow, I don't think a waitress and a sparky uh, would mix in the same circles as billionaires, but who the fuck cares? This is bad writing, so who cares? Just moving the fuck on. Peter tells Harry he knows exactly what he's going through. If he needs a shoulder to cry on, he is there for him. The two then share some awkward banter and then hug. The two of them then go on a date. Alone? Wait, hold on me here. You're telling me a multi-billionaire can walk the streets of New York alone with no bodyguards? Mm-hmm. To share an afternoon with his long-lost friend of ten-plus years. Fuck right off. Movie, fuck right off. Anyway, the two skip stones down by the river. Peter drops a line. It's all on the wrist. You just got to straighten yours up. Okay then. Harry is impressed that Peter can skip a stone six times. So, is he basically saying Harry is gay then? The whole limp wrist thing? I mean, mm. Harry then knocks, mocks Spider-Man until Peter tells him he thinks Spidey gives New York City hope. Harry then tells him he doesn't have time for hope. He's dying. As in the back of a black van, Norman's aides plots his downfall of Harry. He's told of Max's death, saying he stole Max's designs for the city's new power plant. Okay then. Cut to the morgue of Max's dead body being reborn as a electro. With his shiny new electric powers, he's transparent blue with electricity flowing through his veins. Time for revenge. Nope. Gwen calls Peter to ask for a face-to-face. And here she tells him about Oxford. She's leaving for Britain. And she just friends on him. Ouch, love. Ouch, uncalled for. Again, there is zero chemistry and this feels forced as fuck. The two spit out grim rules, what they can and cannot do. And I have never hit fast forward faster in my bloody life. I simply do not give a fringe fried titty fuck. Get back to fucking electro. Speaking of which, he heads to Times Square to soak up the electricity from the lights. He can see the electricity flowing through the power lines, you see. And I love the fact no one notices a six-foot electric blue man who's transparent, mind. 
pulling up electrical power cables until one lone cop notices. Gotta love New York, indeed, fucking Times Square. Jesus, jinkies. The cop pulls his gun when he notices the fact the guy is electric blue. Totally, however, he is now powered up. Electro can fire bolts of electricity from his hands. Dozens of them of cop cars then just scream out of nowhere and start shooting. At first, Max is about to surrender until he sees himself splashed over the Times Square, uh, what are they, TV monitor screens, what the fuck they are. People finally take notice of him, and boom, he is now ego-driven, a god-complex twat. The cops open fire, but it's no good. Electro has this electric, electric field around him that destroys a bullet in midair. Spider-Man shows up to mock Electro, calling him Sparky. So, enraged at Spider-Man for not recognising him, he throws electric bolts left, right and centre. Spidey saves a cop, so the crowd chants Spidey, and the spotlight is off Max, so he is then pissed. He starts to hear himself chanting in his head, He lied to me, he tricked me, he's dead to me, blah blah blah. So he sends a huge bolt of electricity to Spider-Man, sending him flying backwards, blowing out one of his web shooters as he sends a boat watcher today clean up the stairwell in Times Square. Spidey sprints into action as he stops people from touching the rail which find themselves. This pisses off the literal even more as a crowd span, span chant, oh for fuck's sake John, chant Spider-Man more and more. So, he throws a bound electricity, bolts left, right and centre, as Spidey Hits him with a fire hydrant, sending Electro flying backwards into the screens. It's no good, however. The chanting only gets louder in Electro's head, saying, He's lied to me. He's dead to me. He challenged me. He's dead. God, this is so fucking bad. He then soaks up the power from Times Square as the entire place goes completely pitch dark. Electro has soaked up so much electricity, he is then floating in midair, shocking people as he floats down. Spidey is then hit again with more water as Electro is down but not out. Cut to another shirtless scene of Peter returning home to find his dad's briefcase. Nope, he just boohoo's over him and fucking Gwen's pictures on his phone. I simply do not give a French fried tiefuck. Oh my god, in a mood he tears open the briefcase finding a note with a Roosevelt written on it, not in the fucking first part of this. Also, a subway token again, not in the first part. Who gives a fuck? This movie is terrible. He then Googles Roosevelt. Yes, folks, he Googles, not Bings. Then sticks all the pictures and newspaper magazines, pieces of his dad, and indeed Spider-Man all over the wall, all leading to Oscorp. Oh, and he takes his shirt off for reasons. On the news, Harry C. Spider-Man is New York's hero and acts jealous for reasons. Harry picks a wound on his neck, dropping the member cube on a smart table. Here he finds out Oscorp has been watching Peter for years. Also, all the dirty little secrets, including a super soldier suit and glider. Meanwhile, Peter is fixing his whip shooters, watching YouTube videos on batteries and electricity. Uh, isn't he supposed to be super smart? Shouldn't he know how a fucking battery works? Oh my god. <laughs> Cue him 
running experiment after experiment on bigger and bigger batteries, each blowing up in its face. So, just where is he going to put this new electro-safe web battery? Up his fucking ass. It's a skin tight suit. God, this movie's terrible. Next morning, Harry calls him to tell him he's dying and needs Peter's help. Cut to Harry showing Peter videos of both their dads running experiments on genetically altered spiders. Harry then slams down a daily bugle with Spider-Man splashed over the cover, demanding from Peter to know who the fuck Spider-Man is. Also, he needs his blood to live. Cut to Gwen, searching through Oscorp's HR records to find Max. But he has been wiped out of the systems. In a control room, an arm warns Norman Osborn's aides Gun of the search, so he blocks it, and now they know someone knows the truth. Gwen is next back to Harry. He guilt trips Peter into telling him who Spider-Man is. Peter then tells Spider-Man's blood is dangerous, just like a dark croc. However, Harry hears none of it. As he presses him, so Peter caves in, saying he'll ask Spider-Man to give him some blood. Gwen is then caught by security, so runs for it, and would you know it, she literally falls into Peter's arms as she Horror film slasher style trips on nothing. The two then run and hide into a supply room, waiting for security to leave. Here, she tells Peter Electro is Max. Oscorp is covering everything up as they know everything. She then warns him Max loves Spider-Man and out of nowhere the two kiss. Where the fuck does come from and who cares? Cue Peter doing pratfalls and slapstick comedy as Gwen makes her getaway. And would you know what the bloody chances? Harry is in the elevator waiting for her to ask her if it's true she and Peter are over. With her saying it's complicated, he's saying it always is with Peter. So was he riding an elevator all fucking afternoon waiting for her to pop up? I mean, mm -mm. cut to Ravenscroft Prison. Inside is a electro kept underwater. As Oscorp scientists to experiment on him. Like... Some random ass evil doctor tries to quote help Max by running experiments on his to find out how much power he actually has. Unfortunately, Max plans to use the energy from the prison to escape. Cue dubstep. Yes, folks, this didn't age well at all. As Electro named itself Electro. The evil doctor then just mocks him and dunks him back in the water. Back to Peter. Aunt May finds Peter's spider web like wall of all things he has done as Spider-Man and all the Oscorp stuff and all his father's shit. Which this genius left on a wall. God damn it, in this movie, Peter is a fucking idiot. So he turns the tables on her, demanding she tell him the truth of who his father actually is. Lovely piece of gaslighting there, Peter. She tells him she is his mother. And then she breaks down. Spilling all that she has to take two jobs and she go to nursing school just to keep a roof over their heads. Hold on a second here. Peter is what, 18 to 20? It's unclear what age he is. Why the fuck is he not working? Oh my god. Peter then tells her she is his aunt and he needs to know the truth of his dad. Well mate, you are just a selfish, ego-driven little fuck. You're sweet. Dear little old aunt has put out her heart and soul. And all you can do is 
demand shit about yourself, you selfish, egotistical little fuck. Jesus, jinkies. She then spills all that, quote, government men came to see them days after funerals to tell them Richard and Mary were traitors and stole toxic Oscorp research to sell to the highest bidder. Peter doesn't believe it. So as Spider-Man visits Harry to tell him he wants to help him, but he won't give him any of his blood. Peter starts to bargain with him, then begs him for blood. But Spider-Man says, nope, this pisses off Harry. As back to Peter stalking Gwen. Remember that storyline? He tries to talk her out of going to Oxford. It fails. And God love, just dump his ass and run. Maybe try Captain Britain or Union Jack. Google Demons, folks. Peter is nothing but a stuttering, mumbling, selfish, ego-driven, a basket case with daddy issues and a god complex. Run, love, just fucking run. Plus, he's a gaslighting, creepy little stalking twat in this. Only caring about himself. Anyway, Peter doesn't take rejection well. He returns home and trashes his bedroom like a little fucking spoiled brat he is. Here he finds subway tokens hidden in a calculator. So he googles Roosevelt subway stations and boom, he finds his dad's hidden underground lab. Cut to Harry drunk in his office as in walks Felicia to tell him Oscorp has the venom from the digital altar spiders hidden before they were destroyed. When exactly was this done? Hmm. So Harry now knows about this and plans to steal it from for himself. She points Harry in the direction of the Oscorp secret directory as the even dirtier little secrets are all spilled to him. Here he finds out about Witchrow, Ravencroft and the Sinister Six. In walks Norman's aid to throw Harry out on his ass and indeed out of his company, taking over control of Oscorp, loving it as he does. Back to Peter, he finds his dad's lab, plus all his nasty little secrets. He watches the video Richard recorded at the start of the movie, stating Norman Osborne worked with a, quote, foreign company, not saying Hydra, to work on Super Soldier Serum and, indeed, various gadgets and, and weapons and such. Cut back to Harry visiting Electro at Ravenscroft, as he helps him to escape. Back to Peter. He finds out his father did indeed play around with his DNA. Therefore, Peter was tampered with before birth to become special, aka Spider-Man. Harry asks Electro for help in getting Spider-Man's blood as the two team up. One spark from a taser later and BOOM! Electro turns into pure electricity and kills the entire lab, escaping with Harry. Peter then leaves the subway tunnels just in time to receive Gwen's message. She's leaving for London that afternoon. So what does he do? No, not let her go, but stalks her and spins a huge web across a bridge saying, I love you. Jesus, jinkies mate, take the fucking hint. Where the fuck is Captain Stacy's ghost? That is just dropped. Meanwhile, Electro uses the power grid to enter Oscorp, killing Norman Osborn's aide, and then helps Harry enter. What is with Electro's re rejected Fantastic Four outfit? With that stupid little lightning bolt over a bloody thing. Talk about Kmart cheap! Can rip off, piece of shit. Harry takes Norman's aide. I know she wrote this guy's name up, but what are you going to do? Hmm. 
Time to the secret labs to steal the spider venom. Cue the setup to the Sinister Six. That never fucking happened. It was completely pointless bit of this, but we see Doc Ock's suit, Vulture's suit, and Rhino's suit. Harry injects the venom into himself. It doesn't work. It kills him faster. So he has no choice but to enter the super soldier suit. Medical tech, what the fuck it is. And becomes Green Goblin, complete with handy dandy glider, green skin, hair and eyes, and I almost burst out laughing. Spider-Man meanwhile sweeps Gwen off her feet, telling her he loves her. And let's get back together, signing her death warrant there and then. Just as the two kiss make up, Electro attacks the city's power grid, plunging the city into darkness. Gwen tells Peter in order for him to stop Electro, he has to magnetise his whip shooters. Peter Parker is supposed to be one of the smartest men in the Marvel Universe. So stupid he is, he doesn't even know how to fucking magnetise something. <sighs> Jesus, maybe he's terrible. The city is in utter chaos. People are looting, mugging, running amok. Uh, the police are fucking useless. Spider-Man has to stop Electro before planes fall out the sky and trains derail, etc, etc. So he webs Gwen up to leave her to deal with him. Spidey, with his new and improved whip shooters, flies off, or rather spins off, to deal with Electro. Cue a ridiculous dovestep fucking fight every time Electro attacks Spider-Man and I am done. In the cinema, I was praying for this fucker to end, but there's 30 fucking minutes left. I was hovering about four foot above the seat in the cinema. This is fucking terrible. Watching this back now is even more dumb as the dovestep plays Itsy Bitsy Spider. Oh my god, and the CGI Spider-Man literally look like fucking Xbox 360 gameplay bads. Oh my god. Anywho, in the meantime, Gwen gets free from the webbing, heading straight to the fight because a normal girl like her can help Spider-Man stop Electro. And the feminist power is strong with this ending as it oozes out. She runs Electro over in a police car, exit it, only to woman explain how to stop fucking Electro as Spider-Man just stands there dumb fucking founded. Peter tells her to run, but she's having none of it. She's on an eagle power trip, you see. Screaming at her, she is the only one that kind of reboot the city's power grid. So he gives in and tells her to reboot the city's power grid as he deals with Electro. His plan is to supercharge Electro, causing him to blow up. It works, he dies. The city's power is restored. She saved the city, not Spider-Man. So he is cucked in his own fucking movie then. Green Goblin then swoops down in his little glider and then Cinema almost died laughing at his truly hideous, ridiculous suit. His laugh is pathetic and this is just sad. Not sad as in boohoo, but sad as in desperate and needy. Anyway, he grabs Gwen, takes her to a clock tower and drops her. Spider-Man fails to save her. She dies with her back broken in his webbing. Spider-Man then kills Goblin by hanging him from the clock cogs. Peter then cries over Gwen's body. Cut to her funeral. Peter quits being Spider-Man for months as he mourns her death. 
Meanwhile, Harry is in Ravenscourt. I thought he died. He tells Mr. Fierce. Mm-hmm. Mr. Fierce, girl, you go, girl. I mean, for fuck's sake, Mr. Fucking Fierce, to set up this Sinister Six. First up is Rhino. And cut to him rampaging through the streets of New York in a ridiculous mech suit with his head superimposed in the middle of the fucking suit. This pulls Spider-Man out of his funk as he takes on Rhino. Free frame! Mid-fight, credits roll. And I simply do not care about this movie, or indeed Garfield's Spider-Man. It is nothing but a bad, melodramatic teen fucking rom-com shit. With the whole will the won't they Ross ritual love story crap, I simply don't give a fuck. Plus, Spider-Man in this is nothing, sorry, Peter rather, is nothing but a stuttering, mumbling, stalking little crybaby. Whereas Spider-Man is a vain, egotistical, driven, fucking idiot who doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. Oh, speak about dumb. The villains. Totally fucking wasted right now. Which was nothing but a pure, egotistical, driven, god-complex fucking attention whore. And Green Goblin looks like a fucking Power Ranger cosplay suit gone wrong. No wonder Marvel flushes Spider down the fucking water spout. This is terrible! What's it I say? Spiders have eight legs. I'm going to go to the singing. Minus eight out of ten. Awful. Avoid. Still, we'll come back next week as a look at Tom Holland's turn in the suit as the MCU Spider-Man finally hits. And then come back for all his Spider-Man films on to August, which is Portuguese month. September is James Bond month, October is occult movies, November is Nightmare on Street movies, and December is Disney movies. Now, don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's A Pod. Now go check out one of my other of hundreds of other podcasts. A eh, bye.